But first Thank of you. all, let's start by saying good morning, everyone. Thank you guys for joining us. This is our live <laughs> edition of Kettlebells and Cocktails, also the weekly buzz, as I'm joined by Joe Jenison Palawa from the Morning Chalk Up and Fisa Gaffi, athlete, friend, all around amazing human. Thank you guys so That's much so for joining us nice and early out here uh, live at Wadapalooza. What a fun weekend we've had so far. Oh my gosh. Every year that I come, and this is like my fourth year, it's always a lot. It always starts with so much buildup, yeah. suspense, like butterflies. You get so much emotions hyping it up and then it just stays hype until Sunday. And then it's come Monday, you just... Yeah. Adrenaline dump. The exact same pattern as the sweat level. Like you get here, yeah. you all of a sudden immediately start sweating and it just stays all weekend. And then Monday you finally That's are That's what like, happened I when I used to come from Cleveland, but now I'm like coming from oh, yeah. around the corner now. That's right. I know. Now I'm a Floridian, technically. You've had a lot of life changes. A ton. <laughs> I know. I kind of feel like every, the last two years have just been like completely flipped. Huh? <laughs> For all good reasons. Yeah, so. totally. Well, let's talk about that. But first, before we get to uh, everything going on in your world, yeah. can we talk about the last two days? Because you've been yeah. out here on the competition floor. Yeah, we were grinding out. It, you know what? This was the first competition that had such minimal events. And that was like yeah. something yeah. that, you know, you're typically you're competing through a weekend. You hit anywhere from seven to like the games. You have 12, right? Events or 14 or you hope to. And but you never get less than seven. Right. Right. And though it's kind of one of those competition weekends where you're like, man, I got to like my execution has to be on point. My preparation has to be on point to do my best with minimal events and not a lot of room for error. So that was like a huge learning experience for me. So two days of competition, you know, it didn't go perfect the way that I wanted to. But I was telling you earlier, it went exactly how I needed to go to come semis and games like do my job way better. So I'm really proud of what I was able to do and then also learn from all the things that I was able to experience. Yeah. That's good. You were mentioning um, the lessons that you learned throughout the first two days of the, uh, of the competition. Um, what were some of those lessons that stand out in your mind? Yeah. So like, actually, one of the biggest ones was um, there was an event. I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming everyone here watched Deja Vu, right? One of the elite events. And it was the three-minute AMRAP, five-minute AMRAP, and then the four-time chipper. And one, one of my wheelhouse events are just those movements, but also that style of an event. So it's kind of one of those where I hold myself to that expectation of this is your top five wheelhouse event. This is your time to kind of take advantage of that. And, and you, during... you crushed that four-time part. Just that workout, thank right? you. Just the <laughs> time for it, though. Isn't that crazy? And, but it was also because there's a lot of like new moments in that event with the not just with the rain, but an experience with like my judging. And it was one of those things where I need to almost when things aren't going my way immediately or when there's a miscommunication with me and my judge, I have to be able to take advantage of that moment and make a point to know exactly what I need to do versus assume that maybe I'm making the right changes and just again yes. it was my first get it was my first time getting more than two no reps I ended up getting 20 no reps and it was very frustrating and it's like you have such small windows of time to make those corrections and you see the other girls going you see the clock chipping away and you have this moment of do I call a head judge over do I stop what I'm doing do I just keep going and I just kept going and after that event, I finally figured it out on the chipper. 
for time and I finished fourth, but it was one of those, man, if I just made those corrections to start and was just a little bit better at communicating, the execution would have been there. And, but again, those are all, that was like the biggest takeaway that I needed those moments to happen because I can't have those moments happening when like, it's really important to my season. So. Did you feel like it was a product of the weather that led to a lot of those no reps? I saw folks struggling with the wall ball and the wall ball target and the box was maybe a little bit slippery from the rain. They were doing a great job yeah. trying to dry off everything in between heats, but yeah. the rain was just coming can't down. can't dry off stuff here when it's not raining. Yeah. I feel like even yesterday, it wasn't, it wasn't raining, but things were just still slippery. wet. Everything, yeah. It's everything just sticky. Yes. My hair, mucky, my, and everything is. But the rain, honestly, the rain for me and actually for most of us, it's kind of you like in the moment where it starts to rain, you're like, oh, it sucks. It's raining. But everyone is experiencing the same thing. So it's almost like at that point, you have to kind of throw that thought out the window. But when it came to being able to perform, like the rain wasn't an issue. There okay, is like okay. a little moment of maybe hesitance. You're on the box and you're like, okay, what's this first like jump going to be like? Because you're, we actually didn't get a chance to like really jump on boxes in rain, like the way that it was actually coming down by our heat. So yeah, so you do have this moment of like hesitance and you're like, okay, I'm fine. And you go pull up bars. There was like that moment of like, maybe you get that one slip a little bit and you're like, okay, I'm good. Okay, don't do that again. And so you have enough of those moments. And then all of a sudden it just becomes like, laser focus on the next rep, the next set. So it wasn't so much the rain. And definitely, like, the judges were holding all of us to, like, very high standards, which was great, which is, like, everything that we as athletes want is the judges holding everyone to those same high standards. Biggest learning experience, knowing how to handle those moments when, like, they're happening and you don't know exactly how to communicate. And that was, like, exactly what I was in that position totally, I was put yeah, in. And totally so makes... I learned a lot from that. That was cool. I needed that. Of course, I went back home and, you know, I, with my husband, I was just like, so disappointed in myself. I can't believe that this happened, you know, yada, yada, yada. But it's okay. We came out and we moved on and we learned. That's the one thing I feel like I learned the most from you elite athletes on, because I'm certainly not ever going to learn how to get to your level of fitness. But I just feel like we all go through all of these small, big disappointments, kind of like on the daily, right? Yeah. And I don't know about you guys, but I always have this, like whenever something shitty happens, I always have this immediate dread. I'm like, oh God, like, yeah. what did I do? Uh, this is so messed up. Or I, I, yeah, the end of the world. <laughs> I, I, something, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm responsible for something. And it like takes me a minute to mentally get to like, a shift where I'm like, <sighs> okay, like I just mm -hmm. have to move on from this. Or no, actually I didn't fuck up. They fucked up, like yeah. whatever yep. it may be. <laughs> and I think that, the way that you guys have to tackle that so publicly and so very much where each individual moment could, in fact, be a mark on your career. Mm -hmm. We might keep talking about it yeah. on podcasts like ours <laughs> and other shows. I, I really commend you for figuring out how to take moments like that and be like, oh, that was a learning moment. Mm. Oh, that was a teaching moment. Oh, I did it at Wanapalooza, so I'm not going to do it at games. Like, I, but I don't understand how. Because it yeah. takes me, this is like, this is 12 hours ago for you. Yes. It takes me like days to be like, okay, now I'm in a better mindset where I'm no longer like repeating this crappy thing in my mind over and over. How do you get there? So it's almost like, oh, that's such a good question because I feel like that is such a practice. Like having those moments is such a practice. So when those moments do happen, you're like, okay, this is my moment to like 
own the situation, right? I'm not going to have a bad situation happen or inconvenient situation happen and be like, oh, you can't be upset about it. It's be upset. And then immediately it's the practice of, okay, I'm upset. It's inconvenient. But what can I do? Right. And you have enough of those moments, whether it be in competition, in life, at work, at school, you know, outside of the competition floor in general, you have it, you get to practice those moments. So when they do come for me, it's during competition. It's this sucks. It's inconvenient. What can I do right now to fix it and correct it and do my part to take the next step ahead? And that's kind of just like that constant practice and just being disciplined and looking towards those moments and not shying away from them. And I heard a really good quote. I think I read it on like Pinterest. Big nice. Love Pinterest. It's like a beautiful landscape background with some words on it. You have a live, laugh, love kitchen, don't you? Thankful, grateful, blessed. A sign that just says eat in the kitchen. I had one for years too. It's a basic bitch. Where do you think I get the quote of the day for the morning chalk up? Straight from Pinterest. Pinterest. You got a good Pinterest one. But it was, it was actually pretty powerful. Like it was one of the, it wasn't too cliche either. It was, um, good. It was something along the lines of, Good days don't happen in spite of other good days. Your good days come in spite of learning from the bad. And that's so true. And it's just every time I've ever thought of, I've had the moment of just success and pride. And like, even like my semifinals moment of qualifying after a couple of years, like if I take that moment of how sweet that was, it was because I learned from all the bad moments that, you know, had to happen. Right. So it's kind of like that. That makes sense. It just sucks. I just want only the good moments. Right. Just, oh, I'll keep appreciating the them. I will. <laughs> I swear. I don't but know. you appreciate them. Maybe not in the moment. It does, it'll never feel good. But then you become more resilient and you get enough of those like experiences. And those experiences don't get any easier. They don't get any fewer. Right. You just become better at handling them. And the, the ladies that, you know, perform the best at the end of the week aren't necessarily the ones that had the most convenient judging of reps and best lane and best equipment. Like, it's all like they were just able to handle things the best and they were able to show consistency throughout the weekend. So yeah. that's really yeah. what it is. No, that's what that's what I was kind of thinking. Nikki's question was about that reflection and learning kind of after the fact. The thing that always blows my mind is how quickly you all are able to just turn the page from a bad moment or or a good moment, right? Like a great performance in one event doesn't mean the next event's going to go well. Mm -hmm. But when you have that bad moment, that that kind of bad judging moment where you get two or three no reps or something in a row, turning the page and not dwelling on it and not letting it bother you and then affect the next 10 reps or the next interval or the next whole event or anything like that. All right, because you still got work to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy to reflect after the whole thing is over. It's like, oh shit, I have another event in 20 minutes. Or I have another, I got to go pick up this barbell now. The like, the intensity of the event and the crowd and the, just everything, your adrenaline, you just don't have time to argue and dwell and, you know, me now you're just upset about everything in the you just don't have time but there's definitely i mean i'm not gonna lie like i'm never this person that is just like has a bad moment and then i'm like oh back again like you know like i yeah it's like i slept on it i stayed up like i dreamt about it like i woke up like Mm. still frazzled and upset about having just imperfections and so yeah so all that to still yeah. say that I'm still very like all of us are still very human and we'll have moments like that, but still feel it, you know, for, for sure. 
hours, days, maybe I'll probably think about it for at least a couple more weeks. <laughs> but I'll get through and I'll take it to training and I'll I'll make a point of it. To, I forget that. You know, I forget that you guys are just like us. <laughs> Elite athletes, they're just like us. I truly Ew. do because you all seem so superhuman. And I Ew. think part of why I love events like Wadapalooza is because it's such an intimate environment. Like you were live on this podcast stage with yeah. people who will come and say hi to you in a moment. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And there's a real separation when we only see each other on Instagram or on YouTube or, you know, in clips from the games. And it it's a really important humanizing moment to recognize that we are all in this community together mm -hmm. elites and hands up from myself weekend warriors in the gym and people who are just stepping in into a crossfit box for the very first time there isn't nearly as much of a separation amongst all the different types of athletes as we sometimes think that there is and i think that that's what makes this event in particular for me one of my absolute favorites is yeah, it it really is just a big party and we all do get to hang out and we get to learn insights from you guys that I think we can take with us into the gyms uh, that we go to every day and also into life. Yeah, which is, is I love ain't that. that the metaphor for CrossFit. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. every and that's like everything. I think that's every reason why I started CrossFit is for that connection and those experiences and almost. Like, I for me, like stepping into CrossFit, uh, I guess it it allowed me to feel comfortable being more vulnerable totally right yeah. and like through all of that you get to through that vulnerability you get to kind of like investigate it and kind of grow through it and then you're you know you get to overcome and almost like tap into some new potential and that's like you don't have to be a professional athlete or even a prof you know professional in any sport it's just like that's just life yeah right and whether your goal is to be the best mom in the world or the best accountant or the best soccer player or student yeah. right all of those experiences are, are different but what we're learning what i'm learning through sport now is everything i'll ever take with me yeah you know after sport for and sure. into my life like my life is much much longer than just my athletic career but yeah. i give it all to even just the crossfit community because honestly i wouldn't have learned that just like sitting in a classroom totally you know going through the motions of a student and doing what maybe my dad wanted me to do, which was like this very specific timeline of like, right. this is what you're going to be when you grow up. And now it's I get to do things on my terms, but I also get to learn the lessons on my own terms in my own way. Not when someone else wants me to learn them. Yeah. It's like have my successes when I need to have them, not when someone else wants them for me. And those are huge life lessons that come from like an overall learning experience of like your being in the gym and your competition days and, and everything yeah. that you've been through in life. And then there are like also really tiny moments. Oh, you, you, you can get through a five minute Metcon. You can get through anything or doesn't, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't time just feel weird after you've been a CrossFitter for so long? Yeah. Where you 100%. look at, you look at 60 seconds, like a totally different yeah. time period than you did before you ever stepped into a gym. Yeah, I'm taking yeah. that lesson into labor with me where I'm like, it's just, <laughs> it's just a number of minutes. I can yeah. totally get through any number of minutes, right? My, my thing in my Somebody mind is like, you could always do 20 seconds, right? Right. right. No matter how hard something hurts you could have at least do 20 more seconds right right <laughs> right or this will take 20 minutes and i'm like well i can do a 20 minute metcon and not die there so you go. okay <laughs> i can do that it's possible yeah yeah <laughs> so you wrapped up competition yesterday mm -hmm. what else are you doing around waterpalooza and around oh, the yeah. festival with your brands and the community and everything else yeah so this is the best i actually was asked to be on team this weekend and 
part of me would have loved to just continue to have fun with I'm such a team player too like it's kind of like my bread and butter like I love working with people and just being there for each other but this I have the advantage of being able to be more immersed in the community so I'm going to be at Tupud booth at 10 30 I have some fun things going on with them little meet and greet and then I actually just partnered with Redmond uh, Salt Relight their electric Redmond Salt they actually have a booth as well here and I'll do a meet and greet with them at 1230. And then Lycan Fitness is the equipment company that I partnered with. They're just like my family. They're over by the MIA Classic stage up at the front. So we got a lot of fun things. And, yeah. and fancy new Reebok kicks. Look, twin Reebok. Oh, yeah. I hear there's a, a Reebok truck driving around somewhere. And actually, I've been telling my friends, I'm like, I don't. it's just driving around. You have to go find it. But if you bring a pair of shoes you'll get a new pair. And so that's yeah. kind of one of the most fun things that I've, I I don't think another brand has done that so far. So it's really cool. Just the opportunity to get new shoes in people's hands. I've been actually, Reebok, the Reebok shoe was my very first CrossFit shoe, 2014. I think a lot of us I will probably. Never, yeah. yeah. Unless you're super old like we are and you wore Innovate, Innovate back in the day. Or yeah. Chuck Taylor's. Oh, oh, true. Also my, true. My first Reebok, it was like it was a gift. So I used to work out in like just like regular tennis shoes. Like totally. You would just like squat clean and like squishy running shoes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You would rope yeah, climb true. and it would just shred. <laughs> and you were just like, it's okay. And you just like deal with it. But then someone gifted me. It was like my, it was like almost like a rubbery. I forget what version it was, but it was like a rubbery the, I think top. It was like the four. It was was like, it, I think the four? it was like the four? Because yeah, yeah. mine was yeah. like a bright, it was like a purple, like a. Yes. Yeah, That's like exactly almost like the water blues of purple. Yep, that was the force. Yep. I remember pink it was and purple. The, was it, and then every time I got my next Froning, seeing Froning in those a lot for some reason. Maybe it was the first year that they made like the for him. version yeah. Yeah. or something, but I remember seeing that. Did you guys ever bake your shoes? Anybody yeah. have those old Reebok? You're like, no, you're so old. I had Reebok lifters, the very first edition. Yeah. And you put them Same. in the oven. Yep. You what? baked them. Yeah, yep. I'm not kidding. And what I'm that, definitely like not having a stroke and remembering this wrong. No, like no, no, for real, no, it's absolutely you, right. It's you like baked a, like them. A football mouthpiece. You, yeah. Like, you warm it up and then for the and then shoot, you put your, you foot, put in your foot in it and stand it uh-huh. and then it would the sole would kind of like mold to your, your foot. foot. What? Yeah. You baked them at two fifty for ten minutes and then you, you put your foot. That? It said it at the top. I got it. Make it up. You know to do that. Oh, you don't bake all your shoes. Can we do it with these? I don't. Oh, I'm fairly certain that that would be a super fire hazard. So <laughs> don't I do that. Those lifters for That's a year. So yeah. And then I found out about that. Oh. And I decided for the sake of everybody else who lived in my house not to not bake to bake my your year old shoes. Oh, in the oh my God. That's wild. Do you still have them? No, but I wore that them. I wore them for like way too long. Like I'm not I don't buy lifters nearly often. I don't wear yeah. them often enough to buy them often enough, but I had them until maybe like twenty. Oh, they could last you. Or... My first pair of lifters, they lasted me until if lifters get really old, they start to like, squeak. Totally. And then, like, yeah. Like things like heal, like the start materials are so feel yeah. like, yeah. and you're like, oh, but they're still good. Mm. And then until like, an actual like heel comes off, you're yeah. like, okay, now I need to. Which is what I still have because I still have the original legacy lifters, the original black and gold ones. Hey, I, oh, know. Those were, I know. I nice. know. They're so tight. They look so good. <laughs> they're so good. No, you could keep them forever. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about this upcoming season for a minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you've been down Lots here in things. Florida now for a while, a couple of years, coming on up on a couple of years, right? Actually, two, 
So last, so I'm, my coach is Matt Torres, right? Mm -hmm. And we walked down 17 flights of stairs together this morning. Oh yeah, you're right. With Barkley. With Barkley. We got stuck in the elevator late for this podcast. Oh. I felt so bad for her. She's a dog. Yeah. By the oh, way. oh, yeah. Bartha. Yeah. His, uh, golden retriever. Yeah. I'll wait <laughs> for this podcast, is? ran back up to my room to grab something that I couldn't find and then got stuck in the elevator. And I was like, I can't believe this is even happening. At least you weren't alone in, the, That's in true. that staircase. That's true. That would have been a little bit. But I was the only one that had to go, had to turn both ways because I oh. get, oh, yeah. because everything in the world makes me nauseous, no, including yeah. turning the same way down the stairs oh. over and over. So I was like doing little spins in the stairwell. This is you're such a strong mom. Now you get to go through this second pregnancy even better, even stronger. Yeah, this because you're always just like except this one sucks. So well, Matt Torres is my coach, and he was originally in Naples. He was in Naples Mm -hmm. the whole time, and Brood HQ was down there. And actually, as of last year, like that was the first year that. Any coach was able to take five athletes within the same training camp at the same site and location, all under his wing, all to the CrossFit Games. That was like a huge year for everybody. But it, all of us are from different parts of the country. So like you get Dallin Pepper, who's from Utah. You get Danielle, who's from Vegas. Emma Carey. You got James Sprague. Um, and we were all down there in Naples. And then, you know, we continue to grow and shift and just, you know, life just shifted around and. Dallin and I made the decision to move to Jacksonville, which is where he wanted to continue to grow Brute. His, yeah. He t- took ownership of Brute. Nice. And so we f- moved to Jacksonville two weeks ago. So we went oh. from Naples to Jacksonville two weeks ago. So we made the drive up. So oh, about, dang. Yeah. So it's very new. So yeah. everything's, we're transitioning into just a new environment, new space. There's an amazing affiliate up there. It's uh, called CrossFit Tailwinds. And we walked in, we just pulled up with the U-Haul, immediately felt so much love from the members, the owner. It just felt like, you know, I this is, oh, I miss this. Yeah. This is what I miss. You know, we used to train in a space that was, it was just like in a space with our equipment and it was just us athletes training. And that was it. We weren't around like amazing yeah. community members and classes. And there's just something so special about just being in that environment. It's how I grew up in the CrossFit oh, so world. Cool. And we're back to it. And it just, it's it makes my heart very happy now. Will you integrate some of that into your training, like being in a class environment? And I was actually just talking to Al too. I was like, "When we get back, I know Matt's going to be like, don't train. Like he's going to tell sure, me do right. like just leave do the less. gym. Yeah. Like, do yeah, less. Don't go on the stair stepper. Don't do it. <laughs> you know, I love a good long sweat sesh. Yeah, yeah. But I told Al, I, I told my husband, I was like, let's hop into class. Yeah, like that's I love. I actually was doing CrossFit classes all through just before my first appearance at the games in 2019 i always did crossfit classes i always signed up for a crossfit class and i would do the extra credit and then you know on the side i would do maybe some extra things but i always did crossfit class it was the best hour of my day it really is like it sounds cliche but that's where i like found my passion i love that like my best my best group of friends actually came from my crossfit community not from college. I believe that. Like I have oh, two yeah. besties from yeah. college and I commute, stay in contact with them. But like other than that, my best group of friends yeah. is literally from my affiliate. And I know a lot of affiliates do that. Like a lot of affiliates that have competition tracks or specific competitive yeah. classes, like they still make a requirement that if if you want to be in yeah. our gyms, competitive, whatever, mm-hmm. you still have to go to class. Yeah. Like you can be in the back and do your thing, but you still have to show up to a class every so often. And I actually really like that rule because I think oh, it. I love that. It, 
it doesn't drive a wedge between the separate communities that you're building yeah. within your affiliate. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like that. I, I totally agree because I think as someone, I, I think I always see myself as no, I'm no special athlete. I'm just, maybe I work out a little bit faster, but just working out, right? Sure. Like, that's just how I think of it. Yeah. yeah, it's totally and, how I look at you guys too. <laughs> and I really love that affiliates implement that. I think it's special. I think I think it's really special for people to realize that they're no different or less, or you're not less capable, or it's not impossible to achieve more in this sport if you want to. So I think implementing that rule, and also I think of an affiliate. If you're the owner of your affiliate, you're like, this is my home. Yeah. And if you're yeah. going to come into my home, you're going to sit at my table. Yeah. You're going to sit with my family. You're going to communicate with yeah. us. You're going to look at me in the eye and smile and shake my hand and like all those things. And if you don't want to be part of my home, then you, maybe this isn't the home for you. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I and that's I love fair. that. Yeah. yeah. Good point. We Good point, everyone. Good point. Can we just like backtrack to you casually dropping the word husband? In there, oh, yeah, yeah. Just, just, am I getting to see how that goes? So That's last, a recent title. Last a bit. year, I know I'm wearing my rubber ring. How's that feel? <laughs> I feel like um, I don't wear my actual engagement ring often enough. Mm. Where Al proposed a to a couple. Well, what was it 2023, 2022, 2022? Sorry, I'm what sorry. are time moves so fast? Time is weird. That's not your fault. Mm. And he proposed in August and the next week is funny enough because that month we were like, okay, now this entire year, we're going to plan everything around the CrossFit games. Not, you know, like the CrossFit games wasn't a promise thing. Like it was like a year prior to the CrossFit games. Right. And we were like, okay, we're going to plan everything around the CrossFit games. So when it came to wedding planning, everything was around like our friend schedules, the CrossFit games. We can't get married until this date because like, semis will be here and we are going to qualify and we're going to go to the games and then the mm -hmm. games are done on the sixth and then after the six <laughs> or yeah and then after the six we get to fly back to naples and then we get to be married get to get married priorities we are can't important get married guys in September good job because then it's like school year and we have friends that, that are teachers so it's like we can't get married in september a very so short window for this, this. <laughs> yeah and it worked and it, and it <laughs> happened and so we finished the games Flew back to Naples, literally unpacked, packed, and then left the next day for Cancun, Mexico. We got married in in Moon Palace. Oh my God, that's so this beautiful! Des beautiful desk. If anyone is like looking for an awesome place, not just to like maybe get married, but like, <laughs> or or yeah, get hitched, or just have an amazing vacation. We've gone to Moon Palace Resorts for the last three years. And we ended up, you know, we had our wedding there and it was just the most beautiful, the best resort I've ever been to in Mexico, like truly. So it ended up being, we got very lucky. It was hurricane season. It was nothing but sun and heat during our wedding week and nothing but torrential downpours the next week. So wow. yeah. God wow. was like looking out for us. For sure. Yeah. Oh, well, congrats to you guys. You. It was beautiful. I love that you, uh, you know, took it easy and didn't stress yourselves out or anything. Yeah. For, <laughs> for a like month. That. Oh my God. We were like, maybe I spun on a bike like one morning, one time. No kidding. And then all the other times we were just like pound, like we were just uh, enjoying the drinks that we yeah. don't typically get to enjoy. Of course. Just sat in like a eucalyptus sauna. Oh. Like, oh. Just let it steam for a week. I mean, you forced yourself to take that 
off season time. Absolutely. That was probably the biggest break that I've ever taken. Usually working out makes me feel good. Not working right. out makes me feel terrible. Yeah. So one of the it's kind of a balance between, you know, when you're finishing your very long season, the goal mm -hmm. for us as athletes in this at this level is we want to start the season in January and our goal is to end it by August. Mm -hmm. Like August 6th is our goal. Thursday through Sunday is the goal, right? And so that it's very important after that to like truly just take off more so mentally, not be worried about your times and your, you know, intervals and your lifts and your technique and all those things that yeah. just is your becomes your life. So, yeah. So being out of the gym is super important. So I think I took the entire month off of literally the entire month of not doing any like gym workouts. And I was just like, okay, I never wanted to do this. I don't know how people go years without working out totally. or months without working out. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I feel like we're talking about this a lot in the CrossFit community these days is what is the quote unquote season? Mm. Because now we have so many out of season competitions, like Wadapalooza being one of them, new Wadapalooza SoCal being another yeah, one. We right. have all these new formats popping up, yeah. right? Like these uh, fitness showcases, mm. uh, like FitFest in, yep. in London. And yeah. we also have competitions putting in more resources, more money, bigger prize purses to incentivize you guys to come out of hiding during the mm -hmm. off season. Yeah. And it must become really difficult for you as an elite athlete to try and figure out exactly how and where to prioritize because yeah. here are all these opportunities for stepping out and making a bigger name for yourself, maybe getting more additional sponsors, definitely making more money. And we know how difficult it yeah. is to maintain mm -hmm. a career in this sport. So how do you decide? what your quote-unquote season is because even january to yeah to august is an extension oh, wow. of what we normally see because the open doesn't start until february march yeah so how do you decide yeah that's always there's a couple factors that go into deciding where you're going to compete when and also why which is the biggest reason um you know the reason to make a paycheck is like the least like yes like that's super super important as well that's also part of our livelihoods yeah. and that's important but it's more like, okay, I'm preparing for an off-season competition. And at this competition, this these are the things that we want to test. And we want to take this off-season training and we just want to purposely, you know, test certain areas that we've been training. And so you kind of like start to choose the competitions where you're like, you're going to get the, the test that you need to paint a better picture for the bulk of your season or the important side of your season. But you also don't want to compete too much because then say you compete at Rogue and then you go to Dubai and then you come here to Wadapalooza and you're like three competitions deep and you're like, oh my God, in a month now I have the open and quarters yeah. and semis and games. You just took, you know, a January to August season from to October to like the next August yeah. or September or whatever. I think Rogue was in September, was it? I think so. Uh, Rogue. September, October, October something, something like, that. like that. Yeah. So yeah, so it's like kind of a healthy balance. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I always talk to Matt about. So like my goal this year was we had some big plans to like head over to FitFest. Yeah. And originally like we had posted about it and I yeah. was heading mm -hmm. over and that was going to be a cool team experience. But still you could always gain like, you know, new lessons there. But that was more like for brands, for exposure, yeah, gets, sure. yeah. you know, good showcasing of who I represent. And that kind of fell through. So Wadapalooza also becomes this big, this is very big for me as an athlete because I need to start to learn some new things that I need to hone in on in the season. But also, I get to represent, you know, the people that I love and the teams that yeah, I yeah. that love on me. So 
it's big talking to your coaches about it. And then once you decide which competitions you want to do, that's where you decide kind of, okay, your, your cycles, right? We're going to, we're not trying to peak at Wadapalooza, but we're trying to get you as your very best considering the off season. Yeah, right. And then things will die down. And then come the open and quarterfinals, we want to get you up there, but it doesn't have to be your peak season. Things die down. And then by the games or semis, like for me, I have to peak at semis because that's my heart. It's been the hardest part for me to qualify. Mm. Right. So like my my bread and butter has to be there. But if you're always trying to peak every single competition, you could only hit so many turbo yeah, buttons. Right. Yeah. And your body only allows for so many. So if you hit them too soon, you won't have them when it matters. That yep. strategy is so interesting to me because mm-hmm. I only have one speed. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. There's only, there's no tur- turbo button. Not even a turbo button <laughs> anywhere over here. There's just the one. button. There's, there's on and or off. off. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's, that's a lot of us. So it's always interesting yeah. for me to hear how you're peaking and where you're training and what yeah. the priorities are because I'm like, I just went to the gym. I just yeah. showed up today. But I guess it's so different with your career though because imagine if you did this all the time, like every month, every weekend. Oh. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> that would be great. Fun, you mean I get to quit my job that? and just do CrossFit? Sounds fun. Right? Uh, but no, it's but almost I hear like this saying. high end, like yeah. you being on this high energy all the time at totally. some point, maybe you'd love it, but then it's, man, I'm like burning out now. Totally. Right? So totally. it's kind of the same thing. And it's almost like in life too, like at, you have to have those boundaries where it's like, I need to be able to still love what I love yeah. without doing too much and in healthy doses. 100%. So. And I was talking to Jay Crouch yesterday about this, which you can watch this full interview on the Morning Chalk Up, but he's doing team this weekend. And he mm. specifically was like, I do that stuff in the off season so that I can find love for this sport yeah. when I'm doing individual. Mm-hmm. He was like, I have to figure out ways to keep training, but have fun with it. So I don't burn out, basically. And that was one way that he chose, which I thought was also really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And like Guadapalooza for me, like as you know, it makes it so it it kind of brings back that spark. I'll say it until, you know, I'm blue in the face. But it's like that you get moments within the crowd and the energy and you even like experience this. Like I had a little, you know, personal win on a snatch where it was like I was failing that lift in the back. Yep, it was yep. supposed to be my opener. I was failing it multiple times. Am I going to hit it in front of a crowd? And then you do and you're like, oh, like <laughs> there it is. And it makes all the bad training moments sure. or the failures or like, the anxiety in the back. You're like, those are the moments I crave. Right. And right. those are the moments that I get to walk away from the weekend and be like, I get to turn to my coach and be like, I can't wait to go back to training. Hell yeah. Versus I don't want to go train. Anymore. Right, 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 right. Right. <laughs> it's such a set. And that happens to athletes. I mean, you guys, you know, that's yeah. been coming out with a lot of athletes. They've been very transparent with their struggles. And it's very sad to, you know, have to deal, truly get to that point where it, you started it because you loved it, not because you had to love yeah. it. Yeah. And I never want to get to that point. Smart. ever. Smart. So we're almost 10 years into doing CrossFit. And I, I love it more now than how I started it. And that's how... I hope to finish too. Same. Yeah. Same yeah. on every yeah. level. Yes. Let's do that. Yeah. Let's do it forever and keep loving it. Literally. I, I could definitely see myself after competing, like, you know, that chapter book will close and I will incorporate CrossFit, CrossFit class, CrossFit community into uh, as long as I have life on this earth. That's what I'm hoping. So 
It's perfect. Yeah. I think we have to wrap up with Fee yeah, and give, give her back to the sponsors <laughs> that we borrowed her from. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for, for this podcast, me. for chatting Thank with all of us, for kind of like reviewing not only the competition, but your life lately. Yes, love life talks. Yes. And we love okay. kind of learning a little bit more about your mindset because I think you really are a leader in our community in that respect. Yes. You are known oh, for being optimistic and friendly and mm. just, you know, a part of this community, which is really important, especially at events like this. So we thank you for being a figurehead for our community and, and kind of exactly what CrossFit needs. I'm honored. As a, as a leader in this space. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Pleasure. Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, back with Nikki, who is fresh from Waza. How are you? I'm good. I'm like, I went from sunny, wonderful, warm, beautiful Miami to a snowstorm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm recovering, put it that way. I wondered about you guys coming back from that. It got so cold. You know, you guys were dealing with rain, but we were dealing with cold weather and then by the time you guys got back here, it was five degrees most days. So I figured mm-hmm. it was it's horrible where you were. Yeah, it's been rough. And travel home for me was rough. And I like I think everyone coming to the East Coast or coming to New England from Waza kind of dealt with the same thing. I know a bunch of people were stuck. Like I got stuck in Philly for like 12 hours. And I thought about oh. like renting a car and driving home at one point. I ended up flying... Because I flew from Providence. I ended up flying from Philly. Like, all the flights were canceled. And, but I ended up being able to fly to Boston. So, like, whatever, fine. Right. So then I came from Boston. It's an hour-long Uber ride. It's just a pain in my ass. Yeah. And my luggage didn't make it. Oh. So I was, it was just kind of a cluster coming back. But then, yeah, the day after I came back, it, like, we got a few inches of snow. And then this morning, like, daycare had a delay because of, because it was cold. Can you explain that to me? I don't really what, understand. They, they, that daycare was delayed because of cold? Yeah, like they go by the public schools. So the public school in town had an, a delayed opening because it was cold. Yeah. You Is it because the kids... roads are icy? Well, that, but you also don't want kids standing out waiting on the bus in five degree weather. Duh, kids waiting on the friggin' bus. That's what it is. I get it. I get it. Yep. But if it's cold at seven, it's going to be cold at nine. Well, I don't know. Schools have their different protocols everywhere. It's how they used to do it here. I mean, it. Yeah, uh, there's, I think there's a healthy balance between what the roads look like and how cold it is, and yeah, it's know, probably all that stuff going to be and all those things. I mean, you know, they're always going to err on the side of caution with kids. Thank goodness. Yeah. You, you no, that's hope. true. That's true. I just feel like when I was a kid, <laughs> there was like nothing that kept us out of school. We it was like a snow day. You got like one snow day a year. You know what I mean? Right. I'm just trying to understand. But yeah, it was it was definitely a shock and a pain in the ass of a travel day to come home. But whatever, we made it. It was all good. No big deal. It feels it feels like Waza is a weather adventure every single year in totally. some degree. Yeah. Totally. Because it was raining about half the time. Yeah, I heard that. Okay. I saw I kept seeing photos of people, you know, wearing ponchos and then i heard a bunch of the events were rescheduled or changed like the you know workouts themselves had to be yep. adjusted mm-hmm. yeah and they had that they had plan b's and c's and d's and backups and whatever like the people who run waza are used to that <laughs> being a factor right. in miami in february but yeah it definitely was borderline miserable for a couple of <laughs> just having to deal with being out there 
I took refuge at, for one event at Bayside. I was like just sitting under the bleachers, not needing to, not needing to do much until I needed to do anything. Right. Uh, and then somebody randomly handed me a poncho, which was beautiful and wonderful. So helpful. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was great. So that was well, okay I, after that. I have a ton of questions, or if you would say, I'm made of questions. Oh, bring it on. Well, I wasn't there. You know, I was having sitting here in Ohio having FOMO watching you guys have all the fun. And I told someone it was, I wish I could remember what the photo was, but you posted something and you were standing. It might have been the photo where you got, it was ice cream or something on ketchup (laughs) or something on your stomach. It was an acai bowl. Yeah, okay. Yeah, salsa or guac, or I, I don't know what it was. Anyway, Even any of those things. Whoever I was with at the time, I'm like, man, that's given me more FOMO than anything else of the event because the last time you were pregnant, we were at the games together mm-hmm. and you were like about to pop. And I'm yeah. afraid I might, I might not get to see you before you have this one. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, God, I'm missing it. You're totally right. You're totally yeah. right. Cause I, oh, sorry. I, I mean, I, Probably won't be at semis. I don't. I actually will have the baby before then, so you might have to just make a trip. We just have to come here for the weekend or something. Well, actually, I was ta- I was thinking I wanted to come that way and see Rob's gym. Oh hell yeah! Which is open, and maybe we could do an episode together live. Oh my god, it's so fun! I'm in and in person with uh, Rob Kearney for those listening, not just us BSing. Uh, <laughs> well, we had him. Yeah, we had him on the show not that long ago, so most people will know. But he opened Iron Legacy, CrossFit Iron Legacy, and not, it's not that far from you. So that's yeah, very close. Yeah. Maybe, oh, that maybe, would be fun. Maybe he, we could he's work. Promising that out. me that we get to go to Top Golf because I've never been, and they just opened one here. So I've never yeah. been. Yeah, I hear it's cool. Yeah. All right, Waza. Let's talk about Waza. So okay. uh, let's, let's just let's start with just like the overall vibe. So that if, at least the online stuff. The photos that I saw, the kind of the imagery looked wildly different this year than years past for some reason. Oh, yeah? Explain. I don't know. It just, it, you know, it's kind of tears. I know tears been involved before, but it, you know, I felt like they were trying to make a big splash. Was that true in person? I think so. Yeah. It felt the same as last year to me. Like tear as the title sponsor had a really big booth and a lot of merch and you know, they kind of like led the way in terms of like the commercials and things that played in between events. There was a lot of that. You know, they had a lot of teams out on the floor. It definitely you could feel their presence in a good way. Or the crowds like the the photos were odds. Like sometimes it would look busy. Other photos that say it was like kind of half busy. I've heard from yeah. others that it didn't feel as busy as years past, maybe due to the weather. I don't know. Yeah, maybe due to the weather, maybe due to a little bit of confusion on like, is there a delay? Is there not a delay? When is the event starting? But I think probably the biggest factor was, and and you have to correct me if I don't have all of these details perfectly because I've never, I've never had a ticket to enter. But sure. this year to watch the elites at Flagler, you needed to have purchased a special like elite ticket. Right. So there were like different levels of ticketing. And part of the reason why they did that was because in years past, people had complained that like all the tickets got you into all the venues all the times. And then there was was like standing room only. There was like nobody there. But then for the very end, for the final event, they kind of they let anyone in who didn't have any specific kind of a ticket. And I don't know if that was always the plan or because it was raining. There was so much room. They were like, whatever, just come on in. 
but so I kind of I had heard I had heard positives and negatives like pros and cons about that whole situation because for some for some people like all the ticketing tiers and prices were sort of difficult to navigate and that was tough because the you know to get into seeing the elites and having a seat and whatever was a pricier ticket but then for some people they were like well that's so much better because last year I paid for that ticket and I didn't even right. have a seat if I had to get there like 40 minutes early otherwise I had nowhere to sit and forget it if you had to go pee so I think it was just as busy. I think that people were just watching in different areas because if you didn't have that elite ticket, you couldn't get into the bleachers. Yeah, I had people messaging me about that, wanting me to blow it up. And I'm like, I'm absolutely not going to blow that up (laughs) for for a number of reasons. Number one, I wasn't as familiar with, you know, how they were structuring it. But I've I've been several years and I knew what my previous tickets had gotten me. So I went back and did a little research to see, like, did they advertise it this way? And they did. They advertised it. Yeah, they made it clear. And I have a lot of experience with people using, you know, I'm going to call them coupons, but, you know, mailers to come get stuff at the bank. And nobody nobody reads the details. No one. Like, they just don't. And and so I was confident. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people bought those tickets, you know, what they bought the previous year and didn't read the details that you're not going to get the same seeking. And and I've had that, that same experience where you buy the ticket. And then you wait in line for an hour to get into Flagler and it sucks. Mm-hmm. So I, I like the concept and it'll probably wor- work better for them next year. Yeah. Now that people are more familiar with it, but people were annoyed. To say yeah. That. They did open up some additional places to watch, which I thought was a like a you had to not it's not really even a compromise. It's like you have to do that. If someone has like a quote unquote festival ticket, then there needs to be a place to watch the elite event. So you remember where we where we podcasted from last year, yep. kind of like right on the water. Mm-hmm. So that staging area with the seating was still there, but it was broadcasting what was happening with the elites. So you could like sit there and watch it. And then the podcast stage was moved to remember where the food trucks were? It was right there, which I actually thought was great because then it's like you could get food and sit down. And if something was happening on the podcast stage, right. you could like listen live. It was cool. Yeah, they they had that stage in that area one year. That was when Ben and I were recording together. And I think. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember, there was a reason why you and I didn't podcast from that stage, but it was miserable that year because they also had events going at the same time. And it was so loud, you could barely hear. Like it was Oh, rough. bummer. No, it was good this year. It was good. So, so yeah, I don't think it didn't feel any less busy to me. It still felt like shoulder to shoulder. The press pit is shoulder to shoulder. That was my yeah, first always. time in the press pit. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't had that experience line. before. So now you're elbow to elbow with people. What was that like? Yeah. Weird. <laughs> Different. I loved it. I loved my gig. I have to be honest, like collecting content with Moran Chaka, running around with Joe doing interviews. Like I felt kind of like I felt when I was doing new you know what it was it was exactly what it was like for me sanctionals year right remember that year because everybody got everybody got shit canned from HQ and we didn't know the future of broadcast and all I did that year was email like every single event like 28 events and I was like hey I'm Nikki right and I hustled to try to like get to where I could go to the events that maybe weren't couldn't afford to run a stream but wanted content produced wanted like daily wrap-ups or interviews done or whatever and it was just me and my camera and my laptop like traveling the world that year and so it's it's, I'm not unfamiliar with doing this work I just hadn't done it in a while and it was so fun 
And I just feel like Waza is the perfect place to do something like this because it's so intimate. You have such great access to people. It's a little bit less buttoned up than like the games. So you can really just kind of, you know, get to folks. And because I know the athletes well, it was just easy to make those connections and figure out like, hey, can I talk to you real quick? And can you give me some insights? And I just, I feel like people were really generous with their time. And so it was really fun, but it was weird. And I was, I was sad not to be on the broadcast. It's just, that feels like home a little bit. And I don't know, I don't, I truly don't know how or why that happened. I was sort of told that there wouldn't be a sideline situation. And then, and then there kind of was, but it was also sort of like a rotating gig. I don't know. I, I think, I think it was a little bit up in the air up until the very end for everyone involved. And so I was bummed, but I was also very having a really good time. Well, for whatever it's worth, and this is just the outsider looking in, you were far more visible in the role you were in than when you're a oh. sideline reporter. You I think so? I, because you have to be yeah. watching the stream to be to yeah, get those interviews. It's the only time they would see you and you're not going to, you know, they're not putting out like Instagram posts, whereas True. playing chalk up, talking elite fitness, like everybody was like hammering everything and then you could do your own stuff mm -hmm. as i you know making a pretty smart assumption you had a lot more free time because you're not totally bound. Yeah, yeah you're not bound by the the schedule of a of a media production you know yeah so, so yeah so time, I, the, the time thing was like uh yes and no like you're not bound by the schedule but then you also like you have a lot of your own work so like at yeah. the end of the day if you're broadcast, like when the end, when the day ends, you're kind of done. Of course, there's like production meetings that last all night. But for me, at the end of the day, when I was done, I was like, cool, now I start editing. You know what I mean? So it's just different. Yeah. But it was really, it was really fun. And I feel like we got just some really great tidbits and insights from athletes. Some, some people who weren't even competing, we just like shot the shit with Jeff Adler forever and got some really great information from him about his upcoming season. And like easy Muhammad was there and was really cool about talking about like all the work that he's doing with the charitable organizations that he's working with. It was just good stuff. It's all on the morning chalk ups, YouTube page. So I, I do highly encourage everyone to go over there and just like, listen, if you want some sweet athlete content. Oh, that's great. What, what was the athlete experience? Like I've seen, like every year at Waza, there always seems to be, because it's a community event and you have a lot of amateur athletes, there's always complaining from the amateur athletes. And, <laughs> and, and a lot of that's justified because, you know, it's a, it's a hard competition to run because there's yeah. so many people. But I did see several, you know, of the kind of elite athletes or well-known names put some pretty vocal complaints about the competition, which surprised me because you don't see that very often. Oh, no. yeah. Like what? Like what kind of stuff were they complaining about? I don't know. Like I saw one today from uh, Angelo DeChico, who's one of your favorites, who yeah, liter literally said worst competition ever. Like that's really? literally what it's. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, man, that's OK. That's a review, you know? Yeah. Um, and he didn't mean like his performance. He meant like how it no, went down. I think he said worst run competition ever. I think no that's exactly shit. what he said. And so I was just oh. curious, like just your perception of seeing the athletes, you could see their expressions or faces like you know, coming off the floor, going on the floor. Did did you sense any of that, that they were getting frustrated with the changes that had to be made or? No, or I, I didn't see any of that. I did see at one point there was a, like at, in one of the heats, there was a judge who, this was the athlete's fault though. There was like a team athlete who like didn't understand where he needed to be 
in terms of like the line that he had to step over for, I think it was for like walking lunges or something like that. And the judge kept trying to tell him. And then the head judge came over and tried to like reinforce it. And he was just like, go fuck yourself. And I was like, oh, God, what's happening? But I think that was just like in the heat of the moment. Like he was just really, really frustrated with what was happening. That doesn't make it appropriate for what it's that's like that's like old school ryan fisher threatening to (laughs) kill one of the judges yeah i was like bro it's not that serious you're in heat one but no i didn't see i didn't see any of the other stuff but i also wasn't very close to it right like i just showed up for the end of heat two and what what kind of adapted or what kind of changes did they have to make due to the weather Yeah, it was interesting. So I wasn't there on Thursday. I ended up coming in on Thursday night. So I really worked just Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But I know that Thursday there were some changes because of the weather. And then on Sunday, when it really started to come down, there were changes made to the event at Bayside where they were originally going to do like double kettlebell box stepovers. And they took the boxes just like fully out of the equation. Maybe it were step ups, step ups or step overs. I can't remember. But they obviously just didn't want people like stepping up onto wet, <laughs> up and down onto wet boxes and wet floors, which was the right call. But that was a little bit tricky because it like just kind of the sky just opened up like right as heat one athletes started right. to come out. So they were like out and then they sent them back and then they were kind of waiting to see if it would pass or not. And then they made the call to go to plan B, which was to remove the boxes. So I, I imagine if you're an athlete, you just you kind of just want answers, yeah. Right? Maybe it maybe it was a situation like that that frustrated some people. And then it's like the the women went first, and then the men. By the time the men started to come out and they did the changeover, it had kind of stopped raining. And then the first heat of men came out, and then it started raining again. So it was like they brought the boxes back out, and then they took them back off the floor. Right. So I imagine it's just a lot of hurry up and wait kind of vibe and maybe that can be frustrating so there were there were changes like that and there were changes like that for the final event too in the rain trying to figure out like what time are we starting is there a delay do we have to i mean that whole event got changed that was the worm fran event on sunday for the for the teams and it ended up being it was great to watch but it ended up turning into uh that worm and strict pull-ups which it was going to be like a progression of like pull-ups and bar muscle right. and whatever. So I'm really curious if we'll start to see changes in these live comps, like due to weather, you know, like I, yeah. I worry about the, the health of the sport because the sport is so young and every event matters currently. Like, you, you know, mm-hmm. you, it feels like you can't have, a bad event because it has such a reverberating effect, not necessarily on the athletes who, you know, are going to show up on the spectators and that's who you need showing up. You know, like you almost can have any conglomerate of athletes showing up and it's going to be a fun comp, but if you can't actually stay to spectate, it's an, and you're going to spend a significant amount of money. Like, why would you want to go back? You know, it just it yeah. worries me a little bit. Like maybe we should be thinking about doing more stuff indoors. If there's indoors a, do that. You, know? you make a really good point. It's like it sucks because when it's when it works outside, it's like so beautiful and yeah. memorable. But to your point, like we don't have the luxury of doing a rain or shine event. You can't make people fast fitness in torrential downpour and lightning and right. whatever like you just can't. So 
you know, and I doubt that any of the event organizers want to like refund tickets partially for a day where people can't. Right. So, so you do make a really good point, and maybe that's something that we should consider. And maybe that's part of the pro list of reasons why moving to Fort Worth is going to be better for the games. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if, yeah, I mean, there's certainly, I guess I could just send Dylan suggestions. He didn't listen to it here, but, (laughs) but I, you know, I wonder if, you know, they should be thinking about, you know, when you look at the number of events you're going to have, you have to have 75% of them indoors. That way you're guaranteed to be able to get a fair and equitable competition for everyone. And spectators are going to get their money's worth, which again, for me, I think is the bigger issue here. I want I want athletes to be safe. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that's a, a horrible issue. I'm just I just think if people don't return, you don't have a comp, you know, so. Yeah, no, I hear you. And I, I don't know what that means for Waza because they have such a history at, at that location. Yeah. But I also wonder if they're outgrowing that location, truthfully. Like, like if it. you have to, it does, doesn't it? Right. Like as the divisions get bigger and more and people kind of like fall into our CrossFit community, more people want to compete. If you are already looking at needing to sell tiers of tickets in order to just get butts and seats for the bleachers at Flagler, then maybe that it's such an awesome location, but maybe we're outgrowing it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see since they have a second Waza this year in California, which you would imagine because it's in Cali, they're going to have, you know, desert like weather. It'll be interesting to see how that one goes off you know if it, if it's a much better spectating event if the athletes like it better you know i love miami as a destination and i've been four or five times at this point so i don't want to see them move it out of miami i just you know i just know every year i go there's some sort of weather adventure that mm-hmm. you know makes you consider how much money did i spend versus what did i get back in return yeah so, no that's fair and also remember like we don't know what is going on with that SoCal event yet. Like, we don't know if it's going to be another Waza with all, you know, copy and paste. Like, is it going to be a whole bunch of divisions with a whole bunch of people? Or is it going to be an athlete showcase? We've seen more and more of those events pop up. Like, we know nothing about what the format of that is going to be like or how it's going to reflect what happens in Miami. So, yeah. Yeah, It'll be interesting. I... The one thing I like about Wadapalooza that I hope they carry over to the second one is that it has such a carefree way of letting athletes in. You know, it's almost like they go, oh, yeah, you're good. You can compete. You know, <laughs> and, and I, but I think that's the right thing to do when you know, like Daniel Brandon's a great example of someone that, yeah. you know, you know, she's going to be competitive. Why would you not let her in? Right. Yeah. Like, you know, when it's someone like that, like. I, and I like that about it. And then, you know, same for the teams. It's like, you three want to get together? Oh, somebody got hurt? Just add somebody to your team. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, because then true. you get cool stories. Like, and then you get two Panchecks on a team instead of one because Scott happens to be there, you know? Right. So right. And then they just go out on the floor and like dick around because they can. And it's fun. Yeah. And it's that's the point of the event is to have fun. So I'm with you. Totally. I do hope that they maintain that vibe. I don't know. I'm very curious as to what that is going to be out there i don't know um, i was running through my head today whether i should go or not but it's you know it's in september the games are in august and it's like yeah. you know how much money do you want to spend on all this fast yeah. fast fitnessing in one year <laughs> you yeah. know 
I'm already Great spending a, a ton of money on CrossFit this year. So you and and that's not even counting competitions. So I feel you. I know. I feel you. It it is a lot. Any any different takeaways this year from the comp that maybe you haven't seen in years past? Well, I mean, I just had a very different perspective on watching all of it because I wasn't in my normal role. So, you know, I found it. I found it very interesting not having the commentators in my ear the whole time. Like I normally because I, I hear the truck, right? Like that's right. like so I hear the stream. I hear Sean and whoever is his is color commentary partner. And I also hear the truck and I also you have to do a lot of like mental compartmentalization to make that role work. But as that's happening, I'm usually getting like all the information that you would be getting if you were watching the stream. So it's like backgrounds on the athletes, if they have heard anything interesting or did any research that I didn't do or context on the event that I may or may not know. So you're, I kind of am watching from the sideline and getting all of that info. And they're doing the very best they can in the truck to analyze like who's in first and who's coming up the rear and who's going to finish first. But they're not always right. And in the same way that the MCs are trying to do it live in the event, but the MCs are not always right because sometimes, especially with teams, it's just like impossible to tell who's where if it's like everyone's finishing on the echo bike. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't right. know. I don't know who's going to get off first. I don't know who's in the lead. I don't know whatever. So it was just really different for me watching it live without all of that context in my ear. It was a completely different experience. And I kind of had to draw my own conclusions about who was coming in first and who had pulled ahead in the second round and who had whatever. And I like them both. It was just really different. What was the, from a spectator standpoint, this is the first year Noble wasn't there. I'm assuming they weren't there because I had no tear wasn't letting anybody else in doing shoes. So yeah, did it, feel, did it feel weird not having what has been our kind of our premier sponsor of every event for, you know, the last four or five years, not in attendance. It didn't feel weird to me. No, no, I hadn't really thought about it now that you say it, though, because we were like what, through morning chalk up. We were working with Reebok. Right. And we did like an activation with them and like met some of their athletes the day that I got there or the day after I got there on Friday. And that was off site because there were no other <laughs> there were oh, yeah. no other shoes there. So I, I kind of hadn't kind of didn't really think about it until just now, but no, it didn't feel weird. There's so many vendors and there's so much to do. And there are so many opportunities to connect with different types of accessories and food products and supplements and lots of coffee. Yeah. So it didn't even, it didn't even really register. I, did, I had a lot of questions from people about them. It felt like over the weekend, people are you know wondering if they're exiting the space altogether. Mm you know, or not. And I, you know, I, I've, every time I go to one of these events, I see people flocking to the noble tent because you can't really buy it. You know, I know they have a retail shop in Boston maybe, but you can't really buy it anywhere else, you know, yeah. other than online. And so it's a, the one chance you get to try stuff on and see it in person, touch it and feel it. Yeah. And all and that. It's, like, it's like quote unquote cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when, when you're the title sponsor of all things CrossFit, if you've been in this space for like over a decade, like we are like, yes, you're ornery about everything and you're like right. verbally about everything. But like when you're really into CrossFit, whoever the title sponsor is or whoever's sponsoring the games or whoever is whatever is fucking cool. And so when yeah. you're there, you want to like 
buy the thing. It's like when you go to a sporting event, you want to buy something from that team. Like it is just you're in that environment and it's like emotionally charged. It's just cool. So yeah. I get. It. Yeah, it's interesting to me. I uh, I saw a lot of commentary around the whole tier thing and the Reebok and and Rad and everybody was there. And I, I was curious because you've been on the media before. All that hubbub, I don't want to get into Sean and Tommy's thing at all because it's not really my business. But the hubbub that came from it, it made me curious because you've been on media. Do they put restrict, ever put restrictions on you other than, like, I know when you're on the sidelines, you got to wear the noble stuff, right? When you were with sure. Noble. Yeah. 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 They, they never put restrictions on you guys, what you could do in your own personal pages, right? I mean, it's never happened to me. I, I, I think every event has different parameters. And I don't, I really did not follow a lot of that because I just, I tune into the content that I choose to tune into. Yeah. And that's kind of the philosophy that I go by. But no, in the past, I can only speak for myself. I've always been hired as a, like an independent contractor. And I have certain things that I have to do or say or wear on the stream. And that's it. Yeah. And I don't think that they were hired as, well, I actually have no idea how they were hired. I don't know. But I think that like if if I personally was a insert brand here, if I was a noble athlete, let's just pretend, stretch reality right. for me for a second right. and pretend. But I had to wear a tear on the stream. But then I went around posting noble on my page or wearing it in my free time. There would be no restriction on that. Not in my contract. Yeah, I think that, you know, the hub. You know, it was Hiller was driving all this hubbub. And so people were, me people loved to message me about his shit. I don't know why. Like, maybe they think because I know him and he and I are, you know, moderately friendly, like we get along and, you know, chat from time to time. Do they think I'm going to take an, a hardcore opinion on it? So people were messaging me on it and because, you know, it's a tier event. And then when they're doing their own stuff or talking to Elite Fitness, they're talking about Reebok. And I'm, I don't know. I'm a capitalist. I'm like, why wouldn't they? Like, they got to get paid. And if you're not working for tier at the moment, which they're not when they're doing that stuff at night for talking elite fitness, why wouldn't you take a check from somebody else? You know, like it makes sense to uh, me, but yeah. if Reebok is sponsoring, they're talking elite content. Yeah. I doubt, I don't think they were hired as talking elite fitness, bringing you the tier Wadapuza games. I think they were hired as three people who are experienced in what we're doing in the space. Well, even if they were, let's just say hypothetically, I should add, I'm going to need to ask Sean and now that I'm just postulating on the air. Yeah, but, I don't know. Um, but even if they were, they don't own Talking Elite Fitness. Hamilton also Rhodes, true. Hamilton That's Rhodes, right. the one that would have been hired. So they yeah. actually work for two different companies in this very real scenario. So it, mm -hmm. it actually makes more sense for them to be working with Reebok and Tier because it's two completely different entities. Yeah, I just think the more opportunities, the better for everyone in this space who's trying to make a career out of it. For the athletes, for the <laughs> tertiary people, like yeah. we keep talking about all these ways to try to continue to grow this space and make make lives and make careers and make money in this space. And it's hard. And I yeah. just think the more opportunities, the better and the more support, the better and the more love, the better. And I just am really in the camp of like, if we could just support and be nice to one another that's probably going to be the most uh, helpful and constructive and i think that constructive criticism is welcome i really yeah. do i think we can talk to each other about issues in this space and 
be better by supporting one another or being critical of one another, but in sure. like really respectful ways. It's just how I feel. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not even sure I looked at it as, as disrespectful, although I can obviously see how people would. I just like, I try to view everything that's going on within CrossFit through if this were, you know, NFL or major league baseball or some real sport, yeah. well, no, no offense, CrossFitters, but you know, this were a real sport with real money behind it. You have all the talking heads that do this stuff all day long. You sure. know, it's just like, it's just part of the deal. My only fear with it within CrossFit is it's so small. You know, I just worry sometime that the, all the, you know, arrows going back and forth or creating such an environment that people just aren't going to want to tune into the broadcast at all. And it's the broadcast you need to be successful in order for this thing to mm -hmm. take off. Yeah, you know, like, no, I agree. Can thing. I tell you, can I tell you what like the best part of this whole weekend was for me? Yeah. Like I, I just feel like there's been a lot of like vitriol in, within our community online lately, you know, just, just people being upset or being mean or, or whatever. I don't know. Insert adjective here that is not warm and fuzzy. Sure. And I had almost forgotten before I got to Waza how like loving and kind people are and supportive of what we're all doing. Like, the number of people who came up to me and who were like, I listened to your show or I really like your content or I'm just really glad you're here was like staggering. And I almost was like, Oh, I thought everybody hated everybody. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. really? You listened to my show where you thought I thought everybody hated our show all of a sudden? Like, I just, it didn't really register until I was there that it's not all like that. And it was really special. And I had some really, like, wonderful, meaningful conversations with people who said super kind things and who are using CrossFit to support themselves and what they're going through in life and are using this community and some of the things that we're working on on this show in terms of having big conversations and just even the bullshit that I post about working out pregnant. Like there were just so many people who could relate on so many levels. And I was floored at the just kindness and support. And it reminded me that that is really what this is about. And so I'm I'm just like, my cup is full in that respect. You know what I mean? It's great. Yeah. yeah. I should, I feel bad. I should forward you more DMs that I get because I control right. all the socials. And, and lately we've been getting a lot. I was thinking, I've, I've been thinking about this topic a lot lately of a couple of things. Like we always joke on this show that our moms are the only ones that listen. And I was right. thinking, I was thinking this week, we need to quit saying that because it's, it's actually the reverse. We have a significant yeah. following. You know, and almost, our moms don't listen, actually. <laughs> mine does, but oh, um, mine does not know how to podcast. No, 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 my podcast my, button. Mine does, but we do have a very significant number of downloads, and I get a lot of messages from people, particularly since we've kind of shifted the content mm -hmm. of of people talking about what it means to them. And I, so I was just thinking to myself, we have to quit saying no one's listening because it, it's creating a negative space for the two of us when the reality is are different yeah you're right the, the other thing i have been thinking about the last few weeks and i've really been trying to make a real concerted mind shift 
around is this kind of concept of people being mean. And I think all of us have to get, but it's particularly me, you know, I can't tell any of you guys what to do, but I think it feels mean to us because it's personal. Yeah. Like we put, we put a lot of work into what we do. And when someone says, you know, I'll, I'll just call it out because I'm not afraid to say names. So like Savan will often say that we're a brand diminishing podcast, which I think is kind of funny at this point, you know, but there's moments where that feels really personal because I try to do the opposite. I try to lift people up and, and bring positivity to the space. And I've come to the realization of why do I care at all? What anyone thinks. Yeah. Him, my mom, you like, we just need to create what we're going to create and stand by it and yeah. feel good about what we're doing and let it stand on its own accord. And if it resonates with people, it'll take off. And if it doesn't, yeah. then, you know, we need to learn to adapt, but, you know, taking it personally when people criticize it is, it feels like a waste of energy. I do think it is. I do think we should listen. If someone's, you know, is critical of something, is there truth in what's being said? hundred percent. Oh my you know? gosh. Yes. No. And, and I actually, I don't mind the critical feedback. Like, and I, if, if I get called out or if there's a notice that I said something that was wrong, like I want to hear it. Cause I want to be like, Oh yeah, you know, you're right. I fucked up that thing that I said, I was thinking about something else. I actually was wrong. And I have no mind. Or I don't mind ever like issuing a correction or being like, actually, I think I was right for X, Y, or Z reason. Like that's a fine conversation to have but some stuff is just mean and it is personal sure and it is not constructive or kind and it's not helpful and that's not just that's not just like in in to this podcast that's like in our space in general yeah yeah, yeah. i'm gonna help or grow the space or support anyone or anything but but that's why i i don't pay attention (laughs) usually people have to tell me (laughs) when that shit happens Yeah, I guess my point is, it's like, I'm not advocating that you just we ignore everything. You know, it's kind of the opposite. My thought is, it's like, I'm going to quit taking it personally, but I'm also going to call sure. bullshit. I'm going to call bullshit when I see it, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. want to wade into fights, but I, you know, I'm not going to let somebody run all over me either. If there's something that isn't true, you know, it's, it's kind of a simple, but I'm not going to like, I'm not going to pick fights and look for stuff. And if someone wants to say the show sucks, that's on them. I don't care. Yeah. Like, don't listen. It's yeah, free anyway. There's there's for sure energy I don't put into <laughs> paying attention or feeling one way or another about everyone is entitled to their opinion. I just like I said, I subscribe to the content that I like want to and the stuff that I don't I just don't yeah. pay attention to. That's well the good news is how I feel wish I how I wish people would also go about my content. Because I'm not for everyone. That's okay. Yeah. Well, look, there's a lot of great content out there across the board. I, you know, I think all of the creators that are out there are doing things that I can recognize are really good. Savan Show does some really great stuff. Peter from Coffee Pods and Waza has put out some great stuff right now and came away from Waza with some terrific content, like really terrific. And even Hiller, who catches shit from a lot of people and rightfully so most times has been doing some good work. You know, he's been doing some trolling too. Oh, and I think he would admit to that. So I think, you know, and I think Sean and Tommy are doing brilliant work. And Lauren was great. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. She really made history. She really made history as the first female play-by-play that we've had on a broadcast for a CrossFit event. And she should do more of it. 
She's born for yeah. it. She's really, really solid work. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I feel like I don't do enough recognizing of stuff like that, for an instance, of lifting someone up like Lauren and I need to do more of that. So that's my takeaway for most of it. Well, my well, takeaway what... was just that people were like wonderful and kind and sweet. And uh, lots of people brought me chairs to sit in. That's so good. Very kind. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a lot of questions from people wondering why we weren't doing our uh, happy hour this year. And it was, I know. I have a shirt a good... to send you from Downtown Strength. Well, it's good that we did it. As much as I love Jessica and her team at Downtown Strength, and they would have happily done it for us. Like, you know, I'm not going to roll you and literally roll you into a happy hour pregnant. And, hey, listen, uh, I would have done it. I would have done I was on my feet all day. Can I tell you what happened, though, on the way in? This is a nightmare. Yeah. Oh, dear God. So on, I came straight from work at a shoot, and I forgot to change my shoes before I checked my bag. So I was in my fucking, like, heeled work boots right. traveling to Miami. And my flight was delayed, like getting there to my connection. And then I had to sprint a mile in the airport in my heels to get to my connection with my like heavy ass bag and my heavy ass belly. And I like, John, when I tell you I fucking I could not walk. I like filleted the bottoms of my feet off doing that sprint. It was horrific. For the entire weekend, like I had, I lost count of the number of blisters on the bottoms of both of my feet. I send you a picture. I didn't post it because I didn't want someone to get weird about foot foot (laughs) types. But like I had to seriously bandage my feet with like blister pads and hydrocortisone and like all. It was a goddamn nightmare. And I was on my feet like fucking 15 hours a day. It was insane. I was like, can you imagine if I didn't fuck up my feet? The day before Wadapuza started, how different this entire thing would have gone. It was you should, horrendous. You should have sent the photos to Danny. She could have sold them for you and funded your trip. God, it would have been I awesome. You need the money for a new nursery. I know. I'm going to send been... you this picture. Okay. You're going to be like, are you fucking serious? It was it was an actual nightmare. By the time we got to the third day, it ended up being fine. But I was like, I can't believe that I have to spend these three days like healing my feet. When I need to be on my feet. What What's your due date? First week of April right now. Okay, sweet. So we've got your new baby will be like eight to nine months old for the next Waza. Yeah. So I, I extra, I'm assuming you're going to breastfeed again. So extra pumping and we'll do a big happy hour at Waza next. Oh, hell yeah. I'm totally down. I'm so we have big plans. Listen, Matt and I are experts at now traveling with children. <laughs> so we have like big plans in terms of I, I hope I get asked to games. I don't, you know, you know, I don't like to say until like my actual plane yeah, yeah, booked because stranger yep. things have happened. But the plan is to, you know, bring both kiddos to games and Matt will be on dad duty and we'll probably bring like a sitter with us or my mom or someone like that. And we'll just have extra hands and. I might have to nurse on the sideline again, but like, whatever, we'll be all right. All right. Should be fine. Sounds like a fun time. All the babies. You know, I, I missed them. Like it was a bummer traveling without them. And it made sense, right? Like financially, I was just going for three days. Like Matt, it's not fun. I mean, it is fun, but it's like not super fun. Waza for him, if we don't have a babysitter, isn't super fun because he's just on dad duty all day. 
a lot of the events don't even start until after baby bedtime, right? right? Like that last event didn't even start until 6.30. And it's so fucking loud that like it's not even conducive to like sitting in the stands and watching at Bayside with a toddler. So like it just didn't make sense. And you would think that I was like, ooh, like three days away, my own time, my own thing. I'm going to sleep in, whatever. But it kind of just sucked. Right. Being away from them. Well, that's your life. You know, like you're. Yeah. You guys have your routine and you're used to seeing their faces every day. And I mean, come on, my kid's living at home. She's 22 and I miss her when I'm gone. Like, right? just, you know, you just, that's what your life is. You get used to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I think there'll be times where I'm like, ooh, two days away. Thank God. <laughs> but this oh, yeah, was not yeah. one of them. This was not one of them. I was like, it was a struggle. But. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Well, while you were busy doing interviews and having fun in Miami, I was busy getting my level one. Very excited about OMG. that. OMG. Tell right? me everything. Well, it's, yeah, maybe we'll do that on a different show because I don't know how much time we want to spend on it. But the kind of the rundown, because I've talked about it in my story a lot, I decided to do the online level one. Right, right, right. As opposed to in person for a number of reasons. The two big ones are the time constraint. You know, I, I do yeah. have a lot going on and I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to minimize the fact that people can take a weekend away and go to level one because I think that's an important thing for a lot of people. But I don't intend to do a ton of coaching in my life. So I didn't feel like I needed to be in person. And I have not been able to schedule one, like just get it scheduled. And I'm in the busiest time of the year at the bank. Even taking yeah. a weekend away kind of sucks. So I'm like, I'll take the, the online level one. The second reason I wanted to do it was with kind of my crazy ADHD. Online learning is really good for me because I can rewind. I can really focus on what's in front of me. I can take a section and go take a break and then take a section and go take a break and come back to it and take notes and do all of that. And so I feel like someone like me, it's a much better learning experience. And kind of the benefit I wasn't planning on that was really cool is you get the best of the best seminar staff. Mm. You know, it's, it's who Chuck, was it? Who did you have? It's, it's Chuck Carswell and Boz oh, and yeah. you get them all. Like you get yeah. all of the OGs, you know? And so from that aspect, it was really, really cool, you know? And, and I got to be honest, like, you know, I've made a joke for a couple of years. I'm like, I've been doing this for 10 years. I could pass that test blindfolded. I could not pass that test blindfolded no. had I not taken the seminars. Like there's a lot yeah. of really interesting things that come up that I've, you know, hadn't really considered. And, and truthfully, it reinvigorated me around the methodology. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not, not much of a, the sport aspect of CrossFit anyway. Like I could, you know, I kind of constantly say, I don't really care about it so much. But the methodology I love, and it really got me excited again, you know, hearing it and, and, and really understanding what makes it so effective. And so that part was really cool for me. So, yeah, so I'm excited. So kind of my plan is from here is I'm going to take probably the next six months, maybe, and just partner on some classes, just come cool. in and help coaches. I was thinking about reaching out to some local affiliates and seeing if I could come in and, and just, you know, watch them coach and take notes. Shadow. Yeah. Yeah. Be a part of their class, whatever, you know, not work out, but like be part of the coaching. 
and do that for about six months and then maybe get my L2 in the summer. Yeah, look at you. I love that. Yeah, isn't it really interesting when you've been doing CrossFit for a long time, you probably could get in there and coach class. Like you probably could, you know, explain the movements and pick out flaws and, and give people good cues and stuff. But the level one in and of itself has a lot of stuff that you might not use on a daily basis when you coach or you plan a class, but it is integral to the overall methodology, which is interesting. You don't really think about it. Are they still doing zone? Do you still have to know all the zone stuff? Yeah, it was part of it, you know? Yeah, um, that part is feels a little bit outdated to me, but but it's interesting in that we're always talking about the holistic aspect of our methodology, and obviously, like, diet and lifestyle is a huge part of that, so... I was actually encouraged that nutrition was such a big part of it. Cause I got to be honest, like, I, you know, I, I drop in at a lot of gyms and I don't hear a lot of nutrition talk going on. I hear really? a lot of, yeah, not really. I mean, I hear people wanting to focus on nutrition, but I don't hear it being, you know, one of the big mantras of the gym. It's, yeah. they, you know, today we're doing Fran, <laughs> you know, right, right, right. that sort of thing. That's um, interesting. It is a massive part of our gym. Yeah. Well, again, every gym's different. I think that's what's. Yeah so interesting to me about it i i did really enjoy learning more about how to put together workouts because that's Mm -hmm. that's part part of crossfit i've always loved is like kind of creating my own workouts and finding out that i've been doing it correct all along unintentionally is is really good you know so you will love the level two then because it's more about you know, prepping for class and, and organizing all of that. You will like that one a lot. That's a good one. Yeah. I give it a big thumbs up. I would recommend to anyone that wants to get their L1, the online L1 is a, is certainly a great alternative. Yeah. If, if you kind of fall into those camps that I just described, I do think you would get a lot out of going in person and, you know, watching it happen live because i do think the one area i missed that i would have liked to have had was seeing watching more of the cues and having them demonstrate it like either to me or on me or you know um, because when i took the test they would show a photo and say all right what's wrong with this and you'd get four choices and i'm like i don't know it all looks wrong you know (laughs) everything is wrong well you know it's like the guys in a front squad and they're trying to say you know what's the most obvious miss and he's holding the barbell wrong but his hips are muted and his knees are in the wrong place and it's kind of all wrong but you have to pick the one thing that's most wrong of the four you know yeah and and it would have been easier had i seen that in person yeah i I feel like just looking at a photo is a little squirrely sometimes but the the in-person level one is a whole it's a whole experience because i feel like you are you're kind of like you just get to nerd out on CrossFit so hard over the course of the weekend. And like the people that you meet that you're doing it with, it's kind of like a little bit of a stressful, like it's a very supportive environment. It's also a little bit of a stressful environment because you're going to be tested. So you kind of like make friends and you've gone to war with these people now, you know what I mean? Like you guys have this shared experience. It's really special. And yeah, it's real. And you know, too, like the Flow Masters, there are such compelling personalities that it is really something to be in the room with them. And then of course the best part is they all work out on lunch. So you eat, you stuff your face while right. they 
get swole and they're usually, you know, pretty, pretty darn good athletes right. who are, who are coaching these classes. So it was really fun. But uh, yeah, I've never sweat before the way that I sweat holding a PVC pipe in my L1. <laughs> that yeah, was well, like special, those breakout sessions, you know? Yeah. I kind of got that impression from watching the videos so when they would do those demonstrations. It's like, this would feel more effective in person. But, but again, for me, like to be able to rewind and, yeah. and kind of watch it in a quiet room helps, you know? That's cool. So, so yeah. Cool so that I, they have that option. Yeah. yeah. It's a little, it's a little cheaper for not, not oh, much, it? like a hundred bucks cheaper, you know? So it's like $900. Is it still not, a grand to get your own one? A thousand fifty to do it online. Oh. And if you do it in person, I want to say it's like 1150 or maybe 1200. It's oh, dang. Cool. They still send you a t-shirt? Not to my knowledge. Oh, um, I hope, I hope one shows up, but I doubt it will. It used to be grand and then you would, you'd get this t-shirt. We all got the same t-shirt, right? And right. The, it was, it just listed all of the 10. Oh my God. It's been a long time since I've taken my little one. The ten, you know, it's like flexibility, yeah. stamina, yep. blah blah blah. What are they called? The ten agility. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, pillars of CrossFit or yep. whatever. And they were gray shirts, and they just had that list. And the girls' shirts had the list in pink, and the guys' shirts had the list in like blue or something. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's old school. And then we cool. would joke that it was our thousand dollar T-shirt. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's what I'm saying when I said I've spent a lot of money on CrossFit lately. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. It's one of those things. It's like, first of all, I don't feel like it's wasted money. So I don't no. you know, but I don't want to minimize a thousand bucks is a thousand bucks. Like, yeah, you know, I get, I could put another guitar in that wall for a thousand bucks. Um, and you might. And I might. <laughs> but I, you know, I do think if, if you're, if you want to coach, you have to have it. But I think it's, it's super, it would be great for someone who's like thinking about coaching. It would solidify that you're going to. Yeah. And if you want to, if you just love CrossFit and you want to continue to do the deep dive and be better educated and be better at it, I think it's money well spent. Agreed. When you really break it down, like for a two day weekend, 500 bucks a day to get the, some world-class coaching from some of the best educators on the planet. Yeah. It's worth it. It's absolutely worth yeah. it. So, I'm with you. It's good stuff. Wow. Look at you. Do you get your, do you get your results instantly since it's an online test or do you still have to wait? Well, so the test is different now. They apparently they do the L2 the same way. So what they do now for the online L1, and I think the in-person is the same, is you go through the class and then you take the test at the end and it's 50 questions. You have to get all 50 right. Oh, shit. Right? But you can take them as many times as you want. Oh. So, so like you take it the first time and let's say you get 42 out of 50 right, you only have to answer eight questions again. I see. Right. And so, and I, I hear the L2 is the same way. It is a little different. I I had mixed feelings about that at first. I was like, all right, well, any asshole could come in here and just pass this test then if it's just repetitive until you pass it. But it's a hard test, man. It is I mean, it was, it was not like, it was not a cakewalk. Yeah. Any stretch of the imagination. So, you know, I, and I would tell you like, because I missed a few. And then I'd miss them again. And then I'm like, damn it, I got to learn this. And so then I would stop and go, all right, I'd go back to the book and like mm -hmm. figure out why I wasn't, you know, and it, it reinforced those things in my mind. So I didn't feel like, all right, you're just getting a freebie. I felt like it was driving home to me and I was learning it. And the entire point of 
any education, whether it's college or high school or this L1, isn't how good a test taker you are. It's can Correct. you learn and retain the information? And and that part I thought was was pretty cool. So that is so different than how it was. My when I took the L1, first of all, there was no practical. So there was no like point out what's wrong here. And I always felt right. like that was missing. So it's cool that they do that now. Mine was a Scamtron. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. And you had to wait a week for your results to come in. And if you blew it, if you didn't pass, you had to go back to an L1 weekend. You didn't yep. have to pay the thousand dollars again. You could if you wanted to sit through the whole thing again, but you had to pay a fee. And I think it was still maybe a couple hundred bucks. It was like 300 bucks because I had a coach that failed for it. the test yeah. again. Yeah. Yep. And it was a hard test and it was not open mm. book. Like you just, you just got your fucking Scantron. Yep. And that was it. And then when I took my L2, I was the last class that didn't have an exam. The L2 was no test. It was just a two-day thing. I think the L2 now, because I was reading it online, it's a, you go to the two-day class and then they send you home with no test and you have 30 days to take the online To take test. a test? Yeah. Yeah. And the test is online. And if you need to re-up, you can just re-up the L1 test if you want to. Because that way you can do the online course, yep. not have to go back to a weekend. There's a, honestly, COVID changed the world so much. And I'm, I'm happy to see CrossFit adapting and just helping people figure out, do it at home, do it here, do it there. Because it also used to be impossible to get into a seminar weekend. It was, well, it was my, few and far between. My, my entire thought behind the whole thing and what I would encourage other gyms to do, and I'm going to try to lead by example in this, is I don't think you can, you can retain enough information in a two-day weekend or an online class to come out and start coaching on your own. I think you have to apprentice with someone. You have to come out and mentor and watch classes be run. And you have to run classes with someone staring over your shoulder and making you nervous yep. and have someone giving you critical feedback. And that's what I plan to do is just, yeah, you know, I, I'm not going to jump into classes. I'm going to partner with people and, and kind of learn on the job and do that for a while until I feel comfortable with it and really yeah. understand it because I think it'll help me in my affiliate, give better advice with Jen and Tom and our coaches around what our coaches should be doing if I have a better grasp on it. So. Yeah, that's fair. Most of the gyms that I've been a part of have sort of agreed to that type of a philosophy. And a lot of owners are really particular about, you know, X number of shadowing hours or co-coaching or whatever. So I, I fully agree with that. And I think it helps you to get to know that your community too before you're you know at the front of the room commanding a class yeah there's a lot to be said for learning different styles and different ways that people respond to coaching and that's that's half of it right like you're yep. half coach half therapist you got to meet people where they are and be yeah, there yeah. for them and help support them in in their squat and also in their life so and i hope i hope nobody comes to me for therapy <laughs> I'm going to be like, suck it up, buddy. You're coming to the wrong guy. I got my own they problem. Will. They will. That's just a part of it. It's you're like, hey, man, you're, you know, your deadlifts look a little, look a little rough today. What's going on? And, you know, come to find out something totally unrelated to fitness is going on. And it's really important to be that person for them. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. Well, that's my story. So that's my news.
Well, I love that for you, but we did miss you greatly. Lots of people asked about you in Miami and where you were at and want to make sure that you're going to come to the next one because you bring the party. <laughs> I made sure you to do. tag every every photo that you and Joe were in. I made sure to label it, not John, because I don't want people to confuse me and Joe. Since we're <laughs> both bald um, guys. Both bald guys. What, it was a picture of me and a couple bald guys. And you were like, none of you, none of these yeah. are me. Can't none of these people are John. Yeah, I'll I'll be at the games for sure. I might go to semis. Maybe it's a hard maybe right now, though. Like, I I just can't convince myself it's worth it. But we'll see what happens between now and then. Yeah, Um, I'm also a hard maybe, but I really just should say no. Like if someone asked me to do a semi that was like, what's the last one? It's like the first weekend of June. Yeah, you're not going to that one. You're gonna you're gonna be two months post baby. (laughs) I know. What am I thinking? What am I thinking? I was like, that made considerate if someone really asked. And then I was like, and he was like, Yeah, because you know it's so easy for him. He's like, Yo, we do whatever. Who cares? We've already done this. And then I was like, you know, I might still be bleeding at that point. Like, let's just commit to anything. Mm -hmm. Call it a day. Yeah, no. I tell you what, though, I'm friggin' I'm already I'm done being pregnant. This I'm this is a problem because I'm nowhere actually near done being pregnant. And I'm nervous for the next three months. Yeah. Three, three and a half months. <sighs> You'll be there. You'll get there. It'll fly by. The second kid, man, no one says it until you're in it. But like this second, the whole second pregnancy thing where you get like you get real big, real fast. And then you get bigger than. The first time, and then it's like way more uncomfortable. I'm like, kind of, this is shitty. I'm done, all set. I'm done. I didn't feel like this the last time, really, at all. Like, even at games when I was like 37, 38 weeks pregnant, I was still like, this is fine. And it's January and I'm doing April and I'm like, fucking mm. over it. Wait, wait till you have the third and fourth one. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. All set. I'm already geriatric pregnancy. This is it. You're done done with this one? Probably. I mean, I guess never say never, but let me like let me get my head around having two humans before I can ex- say one way or another what it's like to have four. Well, as someone with two, I think two is the perfect number, but you yeah. Know, Travis Mayer may disagree with that. And some of the others in our CrossFit circles here that have a bunch of kids that seem to be pretty happy with it. So. I know, but they started young. Like Matt and I are old. Oh, come on. You, hey, mean, you're all you're all young to me. It's all relative. To have oh. babies? Like, I don't want to be pushing 40 carrying another kid. Well, I don't want to. I I hear I hear you there. Yeah. I hear we'll you see. There. We'll see. We shall see. Well, I'm glad you're home safe and sound. I'm sorry yeah. I missed you, but I needed the mental time and I feel good about it. So Good. Good. It was the right decision. Well, great. Great job at Waza. I'm going to message. I need to message Lauren and the rest of them. Tell them great job. Yeah. They, they crushed. All right. Well, great to see you. And for everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining. We've got some great guests coming up. So make sure you get subscribed, like, and share. And we will chat with you guys soon.